Thanks for listening to Victory's podcast today. Connecting people to a life-changing relationship with Jesus is what we're all about. For more resources or to reach out to us, go to victorychristian.church. Well, are you ready for the Bible? Yeah? Very good. I'm going to allow Elizabeth... Allow Elizabeth. Elizabeth is going to open... I love it. Thank you for that permission, sir. <laughs> yeah. We're going right. to talk about marriage today and things you say and don't say. Husbands, put that one down already. I'm going to allow my wife. Okay, so we're going to start with our opening verse, which is the same verse that we've been talking about the last two weeks. This is our third week in our marriage series, and this is our key verse. First Peter chapter 1, verse 22. Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth so that you have sincere love for each other, love one another deeply from the heart. Amen. Amen. Everybody loves that scripture says sincerely love one another deeply from the heart because that is the real deal. Let's take a moment. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your love for us. Thank you for your kindness towards us. And Lord, Uh, We just lift up this moment that we have in the Word with you, and we just ask, God, that you would speak to every individual. Lord, uh, we, Elizabeth and I, ask for the empowerment and the leading of your Spirit, God, to share what's in your heart. God, we thank you for marriage. We thank you for relationships. We thank you for the call to love one another. And I just pray, would you enable Elizabeth and I to just share from your heart today, Lord God, and may every person under the sound of our voice receive something that's just for them today. It's in the mighty name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Amen. So we're in this, uh, this third and final week of this super short series on marriage and relationships. And we are, of course, team preaching today. Whoop, whoop. This is the second time we've done it on a Sunday. We've done some like marriage seminar kind of things before and life groups together before. But we're really excited to share together. And I think the last time we preached uh, for Victory together was Palm Sunday a year ago, because everything was video, and uh, so we we did the video together, and that was a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. Um, We uh, want to just share some things with you from our hearts today, some like kind of major lessons and things like that, and um, this is a special year for us. Yeah, so coming up this December, we are celebrating 25 years of marriage. Hallelujah. We're really excited about that. And we like each other. I always like to throw that in. You we know, do like 25 each other. years is a great thing. 25 years and liking each other, I feel like, is, is a good thing. I think we did pretty good. And we do give a lot of credit and honor to God for that. Um, I, I'm so thankful for the gift of marriage and uh, the gift of one another. Um, We're going to start today by each sharing a couple of, yes, ma'am. Jokes. Oh, you need a joke. (laughs) That's right, because we're rolling together today, right? So, all right, you got this, girl, go for it. Okay, so before we get into the serious, what we've learned from 25 years of marriage, we just thought (laughs) we'd give you a couple funnies. Okay, so the first one is this. So the wife does not speak a word to her husband for an entire week, and at the end of the week, she says... Haven't you noticed that I haven't spoken to you all week? And the husband says, I just thought we were getting along. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I'm really excited to be sharing with you um, because, you know, I think that's awesome, but also because I get to tell some knock-knock jokes. Okay. I don't usually get to tell knock-knock jokes when (laughs) I do the announcements because I'm only one person. Okay, so are you ready? I'm ready. Knock, knock. Who's there? 
Baby Yoda. <laughs> I like this joke already. Baby Yoda who? Ba ba <laughs> Baby Yoda one that I love. <laughs> Baby Yoda one that I love. Ooh, ooh, I like that. Okay, okay. She didn't tell me that one. It was a surprise. Okay, I have one more. Okay. Knock, knock. Who's there? Kiss. Kiss who? Kiss me. <laughs> I just want to be obedient. I just want to, you know, serve your needs. So that's pretty good. I like that. All right, so we're going to share today a couple of biblical principles each that we feel like has helped us in our journey. Um, and I'm going to I'm going to let, I'm going to let, I got to stop using that word. Fellas, help me out here. Elizabeth, will you, will you start us off? Okay, so one thing that I think has been really key for us over the 25 years, and especially in the beginning as we were getting to know each other, is really working through conflict. I think um, everyone knows that two people look at things differently. I think that I am right, and he thinks that he is right, and so working that out together is really important. And there's a verse from Ephesians, Ephesians 4, verse 26 and 27. It says, in your anger... <clears throat> Do you ever get angry when you're married? Yeah, it happens. Okay. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. And so Mike and I, when we were first married, which was a long time ago, I was 20 and he was 22, and we Baby. had a lot to learn about each other. And we decided in the very beginning that we were not going to go to bed angry at each other, which made for some very, very long nights. It's like one in the morning. I just want to go to sleep. No, we have to work it out. And I think that really has made one it in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> it went further than that a few I mean, times. Sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. Um, but I think it's really important to decide that you're going to come to resolution. I think it's really important because if you leave conflict, it like builds a wall and mm. the wall breaks down the intimacy. And so you want to make sure that you get to resolution. If you cannot even look at their face, you're not done yet. Yeah. <laughs> and so I think that's really important. And when you're, when you're arguing, I know for me personally, I just want to be heard. I want you to hear what I'm saying. And so sometimes I interrupt. Sometimes I talk over because I'm just, I'm just so sure that if I explain it well enough, you will understand that I'm right. But it is important <laughs> to seek to understand and not just be heard. If you actually listen when you're in the argument and really try to hear where they're coming from, it helps a lot. That's so good. Yeah, and another key that we have found is if you ask God to help you in the middle of your argument, it really helps because the grace of God is in your marriage and he's going to help you. And if you pray, sometimes it helps you to see where you are not acting really like Jesus. That's good stuff. Thanks. That's that verse, God gives, he resists the proud and he gives grace to the humble. And I know for us, um, of course, we always think we're right. It's that moment when humility comes in mm -hmm. that really is the game changer because that makes room for God to come in. Mm -hmm. Amen. All right. I'll do one. You ready? <laughs> All right. So I think one of the keys for us has been this revelation from scripture in Ephesians 5 that I'll read you in a moment. Um, and it's about love and respect. And mm -hmm. there's, a, there's a guy named uh, Dr. Emerson Egeriches who wrote this book called Love and Respect, and it's all based on this part of Scripture. Um, it's a biblical revelation from Ephesians 5, 33, and it says this, However, each one of you 
must also love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. And when he digs into this, he talks about how the basic fundamental need of a wife is to feel loved from her husband. I like to say, feel cherished, like valuable and important, like feeling the love, if you will, right? And the basic need of a husband is to feel respected by his wife. When the first time I heard this, I thought, hold on, hold on, hold on, I want to feel loved. And as he went through the examples and talked about it, I bought in, and I went, yeah, this is a real scriptural revelation, because he says to guys, he says, guys, when you go to work, would you, do you want everybody, if you had to choose, would you want everybody to love you, or do you want everybody to respect you? And most guys are going to go, I want them to respect me, if I got to pick one of them, right? And uh, he talks about how that's a fundamental need, that when we feel um, disrespected and, and dishonored, it crumbles something in us. And in his analogy, he talks about the crazy cycle versus the reward cycle, the crazy cycle being that if I make Elizabeth feel unloved by my words or actions, um, it's very common for her response to be something that is not respectful or honoring um, because she's not feeling the love, and it just kind of builds and cycles with, each, with itself. And, it talks, and then he talks about there's this reward cycle where uh, it, it tends to flow that if I'm showing love and um, that kind of kindness and uh, that I cherish Elizabeth in real practical and meaningful ways, uh, it's just natural for the reciprocation to be that of, of respect and honor and that it flows. Now, it's not a if I give you, you must give me kind of manipulation. We've got to be really uh, clear about that because when I love and cherish my wife, I'm not trying to get some out of her. I'm doing it because that is my call as her husband and vice versa. And we have found that that has been just really true. We can see that cycle working in us. And we, because of the scripture gives us the words of love and respect, it gives us tools in which to interact and, and to recognize what's happening. Because sometimes we might not even recognize, I'm not feeling very respected. I'm not feeling very loved. And we're not consciously acting those things out. But I felt like that scripture was a real revelation. Yeah, and for me, what it really looks like is the way that I speak to him, the way that I speak about him, and also, like, just showing him, like, I think that you're awesome, and, like, really, I respect you, and I think you're a great person, that kind of thing. Stop. I think it helps. Stop. (laughs) (laughs) All right, you got another one. Okay, so another key for us is prioritizing spending time together. Now, it's possibly one of my favorites because I'm a quality time person and it's my love language for sure. But I think it's really important that when you are married, that you prioritize your relationship Mm -hmm. and that you make time to be together. Um, I think that you should put it on this on the calendar. I think that you should prioritize it. I think that you should make it fun and creative. Like when you're dating, you don't have to think like, uh, I guess we have to spend time together. No, you're just like, what can we do? When's the next moment that you're free? I can't wait to see you. And I think if you schedule it and make it a priority, I think that's really going to help. And just discover things that you like to do together. And that's going to change over time. And just like in the last year or two, Mike and I discovered that we like hiking together. We had been married for over 20 years before we decided to try that activity. And so find something that you both enjoy, do it together, make it intentional. It's really important in keeping that connection. Amen. 
Mine is very much like yours, um, maybe just said a little differently, is that maintaining connection. And when I say that, I, I mean like in every season of life. You know, many times when couples come together, there's that early season, and maintaining connection is not really hard work because you're just motivated to do it. Do it. But then life happens, right? Like you've got the early years of marriage, and then you're like, you got a house together, and then you start raising children. Oh, my word. Children are work. A lot of work. You know, they, they uh, a lot of work and a lot of effort. You go through all these seasons, seasons like all the, the seasons of your children's lives, but then things like losses. You know, Elizabeth and I, between us, have lost three parents, and those are totally different seasons, and your rhythm uh, of life is different. And, you know, Seasons of sickness or hardship, uh, seasons where you're making big decisions about home and work, or maybe there's a major project going on in your life. The concept of maintaining connection intentionally is really important. You've got to say, in this season, how do we do it? um, One of the things that I think can happen is is that um, over time, we can forget to make it the priority. And that's when people use phrases like, uh, we are... we're not in love anymore, which isn't really a biblical concept. Like, biblically, like, love is the decision I made years ago that I will always love this woman and, um, and that, you know, it, my life is going to be with this woman. Love was not like a temporary decision, but the intentionality of staying connected in every season, emotionally, physically, spiritually, like, really intending to do it. We don't intend to drift, but we can intend to come together mm-hmm. and be connected at every season. And it's normal that it takes some intentionality. Yeah, and I think it's important when you're going through something that you let your spouse know how you're feeling because if you don't share, they're not going to know how you feel. And if you are keeping everything to yourself, you're going to feel alone. They're not going to know how to connect you and support you. And I think that's really important. Amen. Amen. And so I just encourage you, if you're in a season where you feel distant from the one that you love, just sit down and say, how do, we, how do we come back together in real natural ways? And what Elizabeth said about just time together, natural times of connection, and like when, this is just a conversation and bringing it together. Now, if you, you're in a season where you go, well, they like things I don't like, and they like televisions I don't like, can I just, as your pastor, say, I don't care. <laughs> Like, it's this is the nice. person that you love and are covenanted in, with in life. I don't, I don't care uh, about any of that. You need to find something to do. Mm-hmm. And you need to spend some time together. And you need to like it. I mean, there's always, You're welcome. There's always food, right? You guys food. Can, you can go out to eat and find something that you both like to eat. Right? Let's grow together. <laughs> Let's grow together. Let's grow together. <laughs> And then we starve together, and then we grow together. (sighs) So Together. (laughs) Okay, we also did a a fun thing. We we wanted to share with you guys, like, some things that have been really meaningful to us. But we reached out to you and said, what are some questions that you might have for us? And so we have the names of these. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Just kidding. So so so-and-so said this. No. People from other churches sent us these questions. (laughs) And um, so... I'll, you go for it. Okay, so the yeah. first question that we're going to share is, what are practical ways you can love your spouse even if they're not being loving to you? Instead of getting angry and putting up walls or giving up on them, how do you overcome the hurt you feel and show them love? Uh, that is a really good question. 
Um, I would say that you should start by expressing how you feel um, because you want to make sure that your spouse, your partner understands the way they make you feel and what's happening and what you would like to see changed. And I think the second thing is that you need to decide to show love regardless of how they are showing love or not showing love to you because love is a choice. It's a decision. We talked about it last week in 1 Corinthians 13. Agape is love that is unconditional. It's not, well, if you're being loving to me, then I'll love you. No, it's you're deciding to love. And I think it's important to decide not to withhold love until you mm. get what you want. That's good. I, and in not deciding to withhold love, then the next barrier is you got to do it sincerely because mm-hmm. it's what scripture calls us to. You know, love is, a, is this decision that we make regardless of the season that the, of the person that you love and what their season is, aren't you glad that God has loved you when you were unlovely? Aren't you glad that he loved you through some stuff and through some attitudes and through some wrong thinking and all of those that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us? I mean, this is the brand and the type of love that we've received from God. And that's the kind of love that he's calling us to give. And here's the thing, God's not going to call you to give something he's not going to empower you to give. Mm -hmm. But you Mm got to lean into him and say, God, I don't want to just go through the motions. I just don't want to do the thing. I need to do it from my heart sincerely. And I love what we talked about in last week's message, 1 Corinthians 13. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. Ow. It, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. Aren't you glad that God's love has never failed you? And that's the kind of love that he's calling us to love one another. And I've got to tell you, love is powerful. It says in Romans that God's kindness is what led us to repentance And your love for your spouse through thick and thin can make a huge difference. It's not manipulation, but man, it's a powerful tool. Mm -hmm. I think that's so important. All right, so our second question is this. How does our relationship to our parents change when we get married, and where should we go for unbiased advice? I think this is an excellent question. Good job, guys. Thanks for sending those in. Um, Genesis 2 verse 24 says, that is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife and they become one flesh. So biblically, your marriage is the priority over your relationship with your parents. And I think it's really important to keep um, the marriage between the two of you. Of course, you're going to talk to your parents, but I think sometimes people will like go to their parents so that their parent is on their side and then they can kind of gang up on the other person. And that's not healthy for your marriage. That's right. When, when dealing with challenges between you, it can be very natural if you're close to a parent to go to them, but avoid bringing in either sets of parents whenever possible. Did we already read the verse? Yeah. Okay. Um, is wise because now the priority is the marriage over the home of origin, you know, theologically. But there's a reason for that because you are building the home together, right? And there's some practical things. When you bring in a parent into your marriage struggle specifically, not saying don't go talk to mom and dad, but if you bring them into your marriage challenge, um, it can create a wedge or a team against your spouse and actually make the the challenge even worse. 
Um, or you can get through the difficulty and it's like, man, we're so good. And your parent is holding on to the grudge. Your parent is carrying the weight of the way. I, they told me what, what he did to my little girl. And, you know, I just, you know, like, I mean, you can create something that now they can't resolve in their heart. And this isn't the kind of advice like, like never go to a parent. But what's wise is to develop um, other people in your lives. Yeah, so who would you say people should go to? I think finding a somebody who isn't going to tell them just what they want to hear, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, who's been married, who's wise. Uh, it can be a pastor, a leader, somebody in your life, uh, but it, it needs to be somebody that you really respect and that you know will tell you the truth and who wants, this is the key, who wants the best for your marriage because it's easy to get advice Um, that's not the best for your marriage. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think it's helpful to have maybe a couple that's farther along in their marriage journey than you because they've been through it. Oh yeah. You, you definitely don't want to ask ask. advice from people who don't like being married. You should, you should find out. So a lot of people can be married a long time and not like it. Uh, So I know too much. Um, Let's go to the next okay. question. So the next question is... <laughs> We're encouraging. <laughs> okay, the next question is, how should couples navigate their life and faith mm-hmm. when they are on different pages? So, for example, if one is a Christian and one is not, or if how they practice and express their Christian faith is different. Mm-hmm. I think there's a good verse um, for this question. It's a good question and really important. I know a lot of us face that. Ephesians 4 verse 2 says... Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Amen. Amen. Yeah, you know, God sees you regardless of the circumstance of maybe one's a Christian, one's not, or maybe one is how they practice their faith looks different. Maybe there's a real intensity in one and the other's more laid back. God sees you as one, and making every effort to be unified, God is calling that to us for our good. And sometimes what can be a temptation is is the temptation to want to change the other. I want you to be like me. I want you to be on fire. And the spouse goes, I I don't want to be on fire. (laughs) You know, it's kind of like that kind of thing. Or, you know, you, you got to be saved, and they're like, from what? Like in the moment, like it can feel like this real disconnect. And God's really wise in how he leads people to salvation. He's really wise in how he can lead us together in our faith. And I I want you to know God sees you and he's calling you to make every effort to be unified. And, you know, being unified is more important than being right. Being unified is more important than getting your way. Um, being unified, um, I, I want to encourage you, be unified. Both of you should do your best to like understand where one another can come together and cooperate with one another because that cooperation is going to bear a lot of fruit and really honor God. And I've seen a lot of people um, over the years make it work really well where they really honor and respect one another. And, you know, maybe one says, okay, I'm not going to participate in that specific church thing, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to participate with you in this and that kind of cooperation. And other times they go, you know what, I know this is really important to you. You go do that church thing all weekend, and we'll spend, you know, time together this coming week. 
when there's that cooperation and that give and take, it can work really well. It's when there's that pulling away and that fabric that we begin to tear, tear up the unity in the marriage. And that thing is sacred. Like that's so important to God. And he will give you wisdom in how to navigate that together because he wants you together. And if, you know, and if you're in that, that place and you have children, it's important for the children as well. Um, what you don't want to do is create team spiritual and team unspiritual or team exuberant and team quiet and, and, like, and begin to tear kind of things because that's not good for the kids, that's not good for your marriage, that's not good for anyone because there's this, this call together and, and God can really bring his grace in the midst of that. And that really honors God. And I think some people need permission to stop trying to change their spouse. Yeah, because it's not going to work. <laughs> you cannot change the other person. You can only change yourself. I love it when you say it like it is. It's, like, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. It's not work. You cannot change them. But God can transform our hearts. Yes. And he can do so many things in us. But you are not the tool of change in your spouse's life. There's a joke there. You are not the tool of change. But I'm not going to say that joke because we're in church. Um, don't be it. Never mind. Um, <laughs> oh my gracious. I feel really free with you up here together. But I also feel like the fence, like, don't say it. Don't actually say it. Chuck knew what I was thinking and he just, he, he's pulling it out of me. It's not my fault. All right. So there's one thing that I just want to mention before we conclude today. And that is to keep the end goal in mind. Like when you're in the moment and you're in conflict or you're trying to work something out, it feels very hard. Mm. But if you remember that your goal is to love and be married to this person until the end of your life, till death do us part, for as long as we both shall live, I think that really helps because like we have spoken over the years like, it's going to be so nice when we're old and gray and we're going to sit on the front porch and maybe we'll have some rocking chairs or we're just going to be together. We're going to love each other. And there's this um, new song that came out this week by Johnny Swim and there's a line in it that says, ring on my finger, tag on my toe. That means we made it. The goal is that you're going to love this person for the rest of your life. And so do whatever you can to like be there for each other, to support each other, and to love each other. It's really important, and it can really bless you. It can be really fun. Amen. And I, I want to encourage you, if you're in a place where you're in a lot of pain and struggling um, in, your, in your marriage, to get some help, to get some help, because there's some things that are so important to get resolved. There can be pain in our hearts. There can be unforgiveness in our hearts. There can be challenges. Um, sometimes, you know, I've even seen where someone has just a general dissatisfaction and unhappiness in life. Mm -hmm. And it's actually being reflected into the marriage and, and, and it's growing in the marriage. And the reality is their spouse could be their teammate rather than the enemy. And um, I want you to know God is, is for you. He's for your marriage. You know, we're never supportive of abusive situations and things like that. And um, don't, want, don't want to um, portray this when I say this. But I, I do want to say the grace of God, the unmerited favor of God, God treating you better than you deserve is in the marriage. 
It's always in the marriage. And um, he's for you. And, he, and I love what's produced in us through marriage. Um, we're very thankful for a healthy marriage. We will not lie to you and say, but, but we will tell you the truth. We've worked hard at it. Mm-hmm. But the harder that we work at it, the easier it is, if that makes sense. You do the, got to do the work. That's <laughs> the phrase today, the right? You got to do the work. <laughs> but the payoff is well worth it. Can we take a moment and uh, pray for you, pray for your marriages? Um, and I, I want to say to you, if you're, maybe you popped into this, uh, to the video today or the audio today, uh, listening to the podcast, and you were just kind of like searching around for a church and those kind of things, and, and maybe you need just some more uh, help in your walk with God and your next steps with God and a relationship with God, and you didn't necessarily know that you were popping into this kind of discussion today, um, if you're online, would you go to victorychristian.church and click on either I'm new here or next steps, and uh, we'll reach out to you because we want you to feel connected, pray with you, answer questions that you have. Walking with Jesus, there's nothing like it in the universe, and I want to encourage you to make that decision. And um, we're going to take a moment. If you're in the in-person service, you can come and talk to us directly after church. But let's take a moment and pray. You want to start us off and I'll bookend it? Sure. Okay. God, we thank you so much for this day and for this time that we can talk about marriage. God, we know that it's so important to you. You made marriage, and I believe that you want people to be fulfilled and happy and to be able to love their spouse. God, we pray for marriages that are good, that they will be better. Mm -hmm. And God, we pray for marriages that are not so good. God, that you would get in the midst. And God, that you would work, even when we don't see it, you're working. You are the way maker. You're a miracle worker. And so, God, we pray for the marriages that are not good. God, to be strengthened. God, that you would bring love and support for one another in those marriages. God, we pray today for your rescue, especially for those who marriages become a place of pain for them. And uh, we ask you to come in with hope and a rescue, Lord God. Father, that folks will be able to look at each other and say, that in, in Christ, we can do this. We know that we can do this, that there's no hurt too great, there's no, uh, no challenge too great for our God, and he is able to work in and through us. Let that hope, Lord God, come into our, their lives today, Lord God, and let it spring up. And Lord, I just pray for these practical things, and I pray, Father, for even a fresh grace, Lord God, to come, Father, upon these couples and upon these families, Lord, we thank you. We bless marriages today. May they be strong and intimate. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like to connect with us, or if you'd like to know how you can give, go to victorychristian.church. Have a great day.